Blotto HQ, what is going on? Episode 18. Oh my goodness, how are we doing tonight, guys? Hey, man. What's up? Oh, it's been a great week. Did you guys hear the uh, the McCartney interview this week? A new McCartney interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was on with uh, Howard Stern again. It was a lot of good insight. You didn't hear this thing? One of the pieces I found most fascinating was uh, a little bit of history revised. So you know how the Beatles got into their psychedelic phase? And we always hear the story about how John and George with the doctor doing LSD, they're on an elevator, everything gets wild. Paul kind of seemed to be the Beatle holdout. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. I think it was their dentist, but sure. Well, dentists are doctors too, but... What was interesting... Maybe your dentist is. (laughs) (laughs) Paul, in this interview, says he actually was there that night. He did LSD with them the first night. But turns out it didn't have any effect. And I think that's maybe why we hear that he did it later. Because that first time, I don't know if it was about the batch, whatever. But he said he was sitting around dinner and he said, I'm not feeling it. So, got on his dragon, flew away. My goodness, episode 18 of Blotto Beatles. Uh, I- I'm excited to be here. This is the show where a few friends have a few drinks and come together to discuss and rank one Beatles song. I am here in episode 18 in the virtual Abbey Road, as always, with my dear friend and co-host. You know him, you love him, Becker. What is going on, my guy? Hey, man. How are you, buddy? It's, I'm doing okay, and um, I don't know about you, it's been fun for me diving back into Revolver this week. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm excited to get back here. Actually, it took a little longer than uh, than I thought. I thought we'd be back on Revolver a little bit. You know, I try to anticipate what uh, Scotty C has in store for us, and I actually thought we'd be here a little bit uh, sooner, but uh, it was our it was our guest that actually brought us to it, so happy to happy to see where that goes from there yeah me too um and you brought him up and the audience they know him they love him they they speak about him often um in just glowing terms as do we when becker you and i are talking one-on-one that's basically all we talk about our executive producer the george martin of new new England. england your friend and mine scotty c what is up how are you i mean if we can before he hops on I, it's it's his sort of contractual requirement that we speak about him when we're without him, which yeah. is getting weird, but it's it's just it's going yeah, to his head, you know. But it's better than actually paying him, so I'll take it. <laughs> I, I'm ready to get blotto. How did you feel after our uh, day drinking episode? Oh, I didn't like day drinking at all, but uh, yeah. Sam was a great guy, and um, I think I think we had a blast. It was a lot of fun. It was uh, I, I had a. A great deal of fun talking to someone across the pond. It was later for him than it was for us. 
Um, but it, it was a good episode, and you pieced it together magically, Scotty, because I think that might have been our longest episode, at, like pushing five hours of actual discussion, which uh, none of us expected. <laughs> discussion, we maybe, maybe, yeah, <laughs> some discussion. Yeah. <laughs> um, as Becker said, we are joined tonight in the virtual Abbey Road uh, by a guest. I'm going to do a little preamble here before just introducing her. And I'm going to say this is um, one of my dearest and greatest friends in the world. I'm so excited she is here with us. Uh, I've known this person for, uh, geez, 25, 26 years at this point. When I was a, a young fella in high school, she moved up to Massachusetts, brought some Southern charm with her that we all could have used at that point in time, and is just a lovely, wonderful human being. When she said, I would like to be on Blotto Beatles, we all kind of jumped at the chance to say, yes, let's make that happen. So without further ado, our good and dear friend, Samantha, how are you this evening? I'm lovely. Thank you for that. How sweet of an introduction. Well, we, we love you, Sam. And um, Scott, I know Sam pretty well. Uh, I've known her for a long time. Do you, have you met her before? Do you know her? <laughs> As <of> my wife. <laughs> <laughs> you said no Borat jokes. That was your one rule. Yeah. Wow. It was also the in the contract. Wow. He was sick of the Borat. But <laughs> I get it. You just wanted the limelight for that one. I see yeah. Yeah, you know. Wow, that was hot out the gate. Yeah, Sam, thank you for coming on. I mean, if anyone is a fan or a listener of Blotto Beatles and you enjoy what we're doing, uh, you owe a ton of it to Sam because we have robbed her husband of so much, (laughs) so much time in order to edit and put together and produce and output this podcast. So um, if you love what we're up to, you absolutely love Sam and you're going to love this episode. I like that. That's for sure. I love Sam. It is Blotto Beatles. We should probably talk about what we're drinking. I know on standby... We all have the official beer of Blotto Beetles, the Devil's Purse Handline Kolsch, right? Always within arm's reach. It's Pretty much uh, throughout my day, honestly, at this point. <laughs> Got it stashed everywhere around the house. So. Yeah, work has been talking. <laughs> they aren't happy <laughs> about that. <laughs> um, I actually, I, I did visit uh, Devil's Purse again this week. I uh, Got some new beers for us. Uh, you guys are going to have a little surprise delivery coming to your houses in the next day or two. I got some, some people helping me out with that. And I think by next episode, you'll have it all in your hands and uh, we can maybe do another little tasting. They were canning some stuff this week. So I'm excited to get in some new brews from those dudes. It, it's going to be a good time. Tommy, you got like trucking business going or something? You, you <laughs> I don't like to talk <laughs> on air about my trucking business. It's kind yeah, of a... he's, he's sort of anonymous. So, you know, <laughs> Don't want to reveal too much about his career. Yeah, people know I'm a trucker, you know, that I like am in my heart and I own, you know, I mean, I do start every time we get on an episode with Breaker 1-9, Breaker 1-9, and you guys know that. Um, but also in my cups tonight, but you know, I got the devil's purse on standby. I did start the evening with a Manhattan and, um, last night with some coworkers and friends, we usually do a little Christmas party uh together and we do a spirit swap which is like a yankee swap but just with alcohol um and obviously we can't do that this year because of covid times so what we did instead was a little secret santa we dropped some gifts off on each other's doorsteps and we had a little zoom call last night where we opened those and my dear friend Susie, who listens to the cast uh, gave me a bunch of beers and a list of how they tied to different Beatles songs because she's Aww. a listener. So thank you to Susie because also on deck I have uh, right now the Anchor Steam uh, Merry Christmas beer 
which I'm excited to crack this year's brew. I always like to see what Anchor Steam is doing around Christmas time. Is that uh, does that pair with this song, or what is the what is the pairing recommendation for the Christmas beer? Um, what's the loneliest beer? Do you think? Because I think that's the one that that pairs best with this song. I, I, <laughs> the loneliest, <laughs> the loneliest beer. Yeah, the loneliest beer you can drink. Maybe Lone Star. That's oh, good call. Yep, I like it. I thought Budweiser. What, do you, wiser, what, but what do you have in your cups, though, Becker? What do you got going? So I mix. I went back to tequila. I can't remember if I've done tequila since. Whoa, are you on the Casamigos? I'm, I got that Casamigos, Whoa. and I'm making sort of a uh, like a skinny boy Paloma. I have the uh, Topo Chico, a uh, hint of grapefruit, and just a little bit of uh, lime and uh, some of the uh, the Casamigos uh, Blanco tequila. And that's been uh, revving up this episode. And then this weekend, I just went out, or the previously this week, I went out and got a couple of Exhibit A beers that I haven't tried yet. And I have the Wandering Thoughts, and I have uh, just, a, uh, just a Kitten. Um, so I'm going to be popping those up tonight. Nice. But uh, Exhibit A out of Framingham, I'm a big, big fan of their beers. So uh, getting into it. Scott, what of the three options that you drink during Bottle Beetles are you working with tonight? <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm, <laughs> thanks, Tommy. I, uh, I got the slain. Yep. 20, oh, 20, 20, 20, option 20, B is what I call yeah. that one. Option B. So you, yeah. you, get, paid, you, you get paid next week? Is that, is that how it works? <laughs> well, it's Christmas Jameson right now. Slain. It's, Christmas time, so all my money goes quick. Yeah, we are recording. Yeah. I, I know this one is going to... Becker's drinking the tequila because uh, we're so far ahead on recording. This one's going to come out on Cinco de Mayo. But uh, <laughs> it is truly just before Christmas time when we're recording it. So, yeah, we, we got to, you know, keep things a little tighter and, you know, work it within the budget, right? Yeah. Um, Samantha. Yes. Our friend, our guest. What, what are you drinking this evening? I have a lovely gin and tonic with multiple limes. Um, several limes i saw it yeah it was, it was maybe limes. a whole lime <laughs> um and then when that's done i picked up a main beer company mo pale ale nice yeah. i do like the main beer company they do love the main beer company yeah. i love yeah. the lunch uh fantastic beers sam what what was the first drink that you ever had you know i couldn't tell you the first drink I ever had, but I can tell you the first one that stands out in my mind is Goldschlager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why were we drinking Goldschlager back then? I don't know. I don't. Because it's what rich people do. Gold flakes. the gold. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. That was awful. Like, would you awful. ever, ever buy Goldschlager now? Like, never. never. And what would you think of a person who brought it to your home? You know? I Kick would be out. like, who invited this 18-year-old to my party? Because, yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's gross. And there, then there was that sort of the the myth of um, the gold flex cut your throat and then you got drunker because of drinking gold flex. Oh, I thought you were going to say that when you puke, you can still see the gold flakes. Because <laughs> that was a myth, too. Do you want to share that experience? <laughs> I couldn't remember it, but I, I don't believe it was true. Hmm. Sam, when you hopped on, you were showing us uh, your cocktail and your, your beer, and then you also had uh, a little snack with mm -hmm. you. Can you talk about that for a sec? Certainly. I um, I wanted to be prepared, and I wanted to make it for, like, I don't know, like some discussion, so I brought along a pretzel necklace. 
<laughs> she brought snacks everywhere. Yeah. yeah, it's like a she beer hall. Wearable snacks. Yeah, it's a I've Snyder's been to beer festivals snack. and people come armed with these sort of necklaces, and that's uh, <laughs> that's amazing. I think it's a good reputation for the podcast. It's also hand woven, which I really appreciate. Like she strung those pretzels herself this afternoon. I did think about what I could put endeavor. between them that would be like a bead, but I couldn't come up with anything. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe a cranberry. Yeah. Should we get in touch with Snyder? But, uh, get the Snyder sponsorship. Oh, get yeah. the Snyder sponsorship. They're a Massachusetts I'm a, I'm brand. Of a, a Bach pretzel man. I don't want that Snyder. A uh, Bachman or whatever. What? Yeah. No what? way. These are Snyder's yeah. butter snaps. This I might be the end them. of the podcast. You're a Bach guy. <laughs> <laughs> An Oots guy. Yeah. A Snyder guy. I love the Oots. Oots. <laughs> <laughs> What are you going to do with all those nuggets? Snyder loves like, oh, here's a pretzel nugget. Have you never you know, tried like, that? What are you not going to do with the nuggets? Honey mustard onion oh, Snyder pretzel. It just pretzels. gets all over your fingers. Just give me a pretzel. <laughs> I don't want to wipe my hands on my pants 10 times while I'm eating them, you know? I, you do wear those white <laughs> pants a lot, so that gets weird. <laughs> Always I've also pants. never heard of napkins. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Sam, we've talked about your drinking, but what is your... Um, because we are a podcast about the Beatles. What is your relationship with the Beatles? When did you first hear about it? We've hit the magical mystery no. word. It's Beatles? Fucking podcast? The word? <laughs> what is the magical mystery word? Relationship. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Oh, boy. Oh, damn. All right. All right. Well, we got to do it. I should have been prepared with post-its so I could have written that by my computer. Wow. Relationship. <laughs> That's a good one, Scotty. Damn. Well, you don't even know. Right. It, it was one of those words that comes up yeah. without. It comes up a lot. Yeah. yeah. It's, so, it's, and I, it's, it's dangerous for this song, too. Yes, it All right. is. Sam, do you have a shot? I'm, I'm pouring it. Oh, that has to. It's not like you get like a warning shot? No, like this a is it. Warning. That's a <laughs> word? No warning. When you come on the episode, that's Are that's you doing slain, Sam? I am. I was like, I yes. don't know what to do. I love this. Hey, but look at what I'm doing right now. Cheers, everyone. And Wait, to a beautiful I gotta get my, well, I gotta get my pretzel yeah. ready. <laughs> pretzel better. time. What's on? <laughs> All right. Cheers, oh. y'all. All right. Cheers. Oh, boy. Damn, that was a dangerous one. <laughs> Relationship. Oof. Good thing it's not Goldschlager. Yeah. <laughs> we need to do an episode on Goldschlager, I think. Because you're Whoa. planning on talking about Goldschlager more? <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, so Scott I can got see a... Sam trying to breathe out the whiskey. <laughs> I was. I was like... right um, so, yesterday... Sam, we get to say it oh, one more sorry. time. So I'm going to re-prep you. Okay. <laughs> What's yeah. your relationship with the Beatles? When did you first hear about these boys? So, honestly, like, the Beatles have been, like, a thing since... I was a child. So my parents were huge Beatles fans. Um, I have three older siblings and they were all Beatles fans. So honestly, it's the band that I can think of that every single person in the household enjoyed. So no matter where you were, someone was listening to the Beatles at some point on some album. So they were always present in our house. Oh. Was there was there you think one album that really stuck out as the like universally accepted or the one that was played or the one that hit you the most? Um, I'd say you know yeah. So the the love songs album, like the the compilation album. Yeah, I remember as like a little girl like reading it like it was poetry because there would be like that archival like old timey paper inside that just has all these beautiful words, and I just would love it, love it, love it, love it. Like it was just read like a book all the time anyways um but like 
My family loved the cheesy gitchy stuff in the beginning. And I shouldn't say cheesy, but you know what I mean? Like the yeah. blue and pink best, you know, hits, whatever. We had those on tape. It was red, but that's okay. Oh, what did I say? Blue and pink? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. It was blue and red. But I stumbled upon like the white album on my own in, in high school. And I thought like, this is not my mom and dad's Beatles. Like this is my Beatles. This is way more. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the perfect time to find it, and that the, that's the perfect album to find that way. I think that's what I had. You know, that I had the same exact story where it's it's oldies. We're all coming together as a family and listening to it, and then you hear the white album. And you're like, this is not what my mom was playing me. You know, this is not Seriously. even what my mom maybe even knows. You know, like yeah. I think she probably by the time the white album came out, my mom was like, oh, I'm over the Beatles or they they've abandoned us or whatever. You know, she was still watching the Monkeys TV show or whatever. You know. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Don't you like, dare besmirch the Monkeys TV show. First <laughs> <I'm>, of all, <laughs> I, I, I'm if I could watch the Monkeys TV show now, I would. You know, you can, um, right? Isn't it on Nick at Night? There's got to be a way we can watch the Monkeys TV <laughs> show. Nick at Night. Is Nick I at used Night to still watch it at Nick at Night. I don't know. Disney probably bought it. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Disney Plus Monkeys TV. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't even think that people in my Home, like my family, even now, even know about the White Album, which I yeah. think is so peculiar. It just like missed so many people, but I don't really know how. Well, it's funny how pe- like you, you get this thing where everyone says like, "Oh, I love the Beatles," and then they people aren't as nerdy as we are, and then they end up picking their spot of like, "Oh, I really love the Beatles." It was Help, or it was you know, like mm. there's just one album, or. You know, they're listening to Beatles Brunch uh, around here. They're listening to Cool 102. And, right. uh, you know, y- you hear something and maybe don't know, like, the whole wide range. It probably took me until I was really in my 20s. I, I remember like being like, oh, my God, like, there was a moment. I-, I don't know my exact age, but I was like, oh, Get Back is a Beatles song? Like, <laughs> I hadn't really listened to Let It Be. You know, like, these, um, it-, it takes a while to to really go in. Well, Doesn't it was tougher it? back then too when you had to to buy everything. You right. know, like mm. right now, you if you were a kid and got all the tools at your your fingerprints, like fingerprints at your thumbprints at your uh, <laughs> fingertips, <laughs> you sort of um, have access to everything. But at the time, where right. I was like, "How oh, am I going to buy? Let it be. I don't know. I've got fifteen dollars. I'd like to buy you know something sure. else." Yeah, and and with, without the internet, at, a def- different at your, at your thumbprints and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, well, like I mean? when like, I turn my MacBook on, I have to scan my uh, thumbprints. So, you know, I, it, <laughs> it definitely took me until I was in my twenties to really hear the record that we're talking about tonight, Revolver. I bought it at Newberry Comics on CD. I remember the day I went down and picked it up, and yeah. um, I didn't have that experience of like listening to that thing front to back. So, um, yeah, it's really what Scotty and I have talked about that a bit, and sort of I was like, ah, does it disqualify him for participating in this podcast? And we've all agreed that it's okay, but. We don't, we don't. I get it. It's borderline. I get it. I get it. (laughs) Don't you think it's weird when people tell you that they don't like the Beatles or they don't know of the Beatles? Like, they're like, I don't really know that much about the Beatles. Don't you think that's weird? Like, don't you think like your parents failed? It's funny. I have a a friend (laughs) who is a, uh, a listener of the podcast and not a Beatles fan, but he, he, for whatever reason, likes listening to us. 
And he texted <laughs> so me the clearly other day and he was like, issues. what is the first Beatles record I should listen to? <laughs> and I, I, I texted these guys and we were kind of talking about it. Like, what is the first one? And it was funny because his first response was, I tried Please Please Me, didn't impress. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Which, like, yeah, okay. I, mean, I get that. Sure. I mean, it's hard to say that. You could almost say that about any Beatles record, right? Like, if you were like... Uh, what is the first thing to turn me on right now? I mean, it's a that's a, a tough load to put on sort of any single album, right? You know, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, but there is something for everyone. I feel like there is. They are absolutely, they I absolutely think that hit that true. way more than any any other band. You're um, talking about the song "Something," right? That that's <laughs> yeah, for <it's> everyone. Like, <laughs> something works for every single mood. <laughs> uh, I who is if you had to say who is your Beatle? Oof. I don't have a uh, so I'm not like Scott where I don't have favorites because that's ridiculous but <laughs> <laughs> which but. I love also that we got him to help us host a podcast where you have to rank a Beatles <laughs> song and he's like yeah okay I'll do it every week yeah right right but Scott not saying I don't want to have favorites is what I infer to be like and Sam you can check us on this but it's I want everyone to have a good time <laughs> Yes. Is maybe Scott's That's very vibe, true. Right? Yeah. Like, Absolutely. I'm not excluding. I'm not inviting yes. everyone. I want everyone here to, to have a good time. Yeah. That's not me. I'm not that way at all. <laughs> I'm all exclusion. So who's your, oh. who's your boy? <laughs> so the funny thing is, is that like we used to watch like Help and Hard Day's Night. And so I used to totally have the biggest crush on John Lennon because he was so quirky and so funny and so charismatic and dry. And I was like, that is the guy. Like, But then he became like bigger than life and like way too heavy for me. And I was like, that's not my guy. And I was never like a Paul McCartney girl because he was too schmaltzy. So long story short, In- I think, interesting, I think uh, Ringo is my guy now. Uh, side for the for the pick tonight. But, but I know. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So I think Ringo's my guy. Like I didn't fall into Whoa. George... I didn't wow, talk about George. <laughs> I know. I was going to say. You know that there is another Beatle and he plays guitar. In the I, I, I was just going to say that I didn't know about George until until actually Tommy got married and he picked his wedding song. And oh, I listened to nice. All Things Must Pass and was like, wow, this is like amazing, this album. But, you know, I don't know. Ringo, Ringo is like the coolest cat, like. I don't because know. he doesn't care. He's just fun. He's just he's like, just he's definitely out. the one that you could hang out with. He's right? like Switzerland. He's like ambivalent and kind and just like, he's there. And he's the, he's, he's the only living beetle that maybe we have a chance at, right? <laughs> coming on the podcast. Oh, <laughs> right. I thought you meant for kissing. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, Tommy, Paul would kiss you in a second. I don't want it. I don't oh. want to gloss over that. You Paul would. Paul would kiss you. You think with this baby face, he'd, he'd like to kiss that? <laughs> right on the cheek. Yeah. He'd um, be like, Tommy boy, <laughs> your position is crazy. <laughs> I don't even know that. <laughs> you are driving me crazy. I'm in love, but I'm lazy. Why don't you kiss these lips? Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, before we, we move on here, I am just, uh, not to get too Paul Schmaltzy, there's got to be a better word for that, right? Paul, Paul Chi? That doesn't sound right. But uh, before we get to Paul Schmaltzy here, 
Uh, I'm I'm so glad, Sam, you are with us, and, and having you and Scott here together is just a wonderful experience. Love you both, and um, it, it's amazing that like we get to do this thing together. We've I all know. and Becker, we've all known each other for a really long time, and we um, continue to find ways to be creative together and, and do weird stuff together and laugh together, <laughs> and that is amazing. So, absolutely, thank Who you, does? thank you, thank yes. you. Right on. Thank you. Hey, Sam, um, you've talked a lot about the Beatles. You clearly know exactly who they are from experience and uh, your own life. Uh, But there might be someone out there who just doesn't know who the Beatles are and have hopped on their podcatcher and clicked on our cool logo. So uh, I will throw it to my friend and yours, Becker. And Becker, do me a favor. Tell us who are the Beatles. Yeah, absolutely. Good thing this show is only broadcast very locally because um, get ready for some very regional references. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so, um, but I, I'm already nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Actually hailing from my backyard, they are the bad boy band of Boston. So uh, rising up from the rough streets of Dorchester, they learned their singing and dancing skills. And really early on, um, I think their first uh, iteration of them, were, they were called the Quincy Quarry Men. And then I think way later on, and I think it's been, um, I think it's been lost to time. Um, but, uh, it was uh, initially abbreviated as NKOTB and, uh, later on, they just abbreviated straight up to the Beatles. And, uh, I think no one understands (laughs) what the NKO stand for. It's just the Beatles now. So, um, and And you've always said, you've always, the Beatles is what you're saying. NKO, the Beatles, and no one knows what NKO even stood for anymore. It's just, it's probably on an old script or something and and we don't have access to it. But you've always told me that Macca is in this band, right? Yeah. Joey McIntyre and, uh, (laughs) Donnie Wahlberg. And I don't like this and you've told me this before, but, uh, the Knight brothers are in this band and also, uh, Danny Wood making up, uh, NKO, the Beatles, um, (laughs) a couple of big. Couple of big uh, records. Here we go. The hit. Sam probably knows these records, so mm. it's 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 reductive to even say it. But uh, Wahlbergs and Bridges, and um, <laughs> all things must Pats, which is just like a tribute to the New England Patriots. I assume that they're super into the Patriots. But uh, uh, Sam, you can sing along if you know these tunes. But uh, Sexy Southie and uh, Wonder <laughs> Wahlberg. <laughs> Hard Day's wow. Jordan Knight. Do you know this one? I, I'm sure you do. Yes, yes. And then I think a really early iteration of Day Tripper was uh, Lip Sinker um, of uh, just a working title. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Sam, <laughs> Sam, Sam, yes. Sam, 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 Sam. Those are some of my favorites, yes. He's not talking about the Beatles, right? No, Can you... no he's not. I'm going to step back and, and take a breath here. Beautiful boy I've said bands. before... Darling boy band. <laughs> I've given him one job. <laughs> Can you please tell our dear listeners who and and Becker himself who he's actually talking about? I do believe that NKOTB stands for New Kids on the Block. The Beatles. Yes. New yes. Kids on the Beatles. I guess <laughs> New yeah, Kids on the Beatles. Mm, I don't know that works. Yeah. <laughs> Now, when I first no. had this bit, I wasn't going to do it every episode. And it's it's uh, on my insistence. The boys let me do it every episode. But <laughs> I was actually only going to do boy. We've bands. never begged. First of all. <laughs> Wait, begged? <laughs> We've never begged that you do this. Ep- this oh. 
<laughs> Wait a minute. Are we about to fight? <laughs> uh, my first thought, because uh, the the Beatles are the like original boy band, I was only going to do boy bands, and then Sam came out, and I thought I had a chance to do uh, New Kids on the Block and, and do it splendidly. So. I think you wove it well. Hey, Beckerman, uh, before we get into this week's track, can you do me a favor and just tell everybody, like, maybe where they can find us out there? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, you know, thank you so much for even getting to this point. We really appreciate everyone and anyone who has been listening to this podcast. I really, I really want to say that every, every, every time we release an episode and someone listens, I am uh, tremendously flattered and, and so much for your, thank you for your, your time and effort and, uh, anyone that is listening, please like, follow, and subscribe, and uh, do all of those things. It it it, it helps us out uh, an absolute ton. But I think more than anything, if if you like the show, like tell a friend to to listen to the show. You know, I mean, that's really uh, probably the best thing out there. And and anything else, um, you you know what you need to do in in regards to the social worlds. Um, uh, really recently, some people have been asking, and we have a, a new tip jar up on the site. Uh, you never give me beer money. Uh, www.blottobeetles.com uh, click over there and uh, if you want to buy the boys around please please do and, and let us know what you think we should be drinking in an upcoming episode and more than anything if you'd like to be featured in an upcoming episode of Blotto Beetles um, drunk dial us drunk text us at uh, 857-233-9793 that's also on the website we need um, a jingle for that 857-933 <laughs> Yeah, there it is. That's the wrong number. We're done. Two, three. <laughs> Don't do that. That's the that's Cape it. and Islands glass yeah. number. <laughs> that's if they want their carpet. Also, if you want your carpet cleaned, you call that number. But, They're going to uh, get all these drunk people. Leave us a, leave us a drunken message. We want your feedback. Let us know where we went wrong. Uh, we get some, funny, uh, get some funny messages back. But if you want to be in an upcoming episode, um, put that in your phone and, and call us when you're drunk and feeling, feeling like you got an opinion on the, uh, the Fab Four. Uh, all right, my friends, I do believe it is time to get into this week's pick, which I know Samantha picked, but Scotty, why don't you give us the reveal? What is this week's song? The lovely Samantha picked For No One off of the unbelievably killer Revolver album. Yeah. And uh, after seeing uh, the pick and listening it just brought that back again how how great that album is but anyways this is a uh an incredible paul song he he's he's he comes into the studio i think just with ringo and bangs away at the piano and uh and ringo's just banging away at the drums kind of literally honestly um they bury him in the mix pretty hard but um and we'll bury up, him <laughs> <laughs> and he comes up with this song that like kind of like to me i don't know I'm, i might be in the moment but kind of starts the whole paul piano beautiful piano songs yeah. um and this is a this is this is one of the best if you ask me um it's a it's a, like a breakup song uh, a sad love song sort of thing um he is playing the piano and and and, and like I said, Ringo's kind of more or less keeping time and hitting a lot of hi-hat. And then he overdubs a, uh, an instrument called a clavichord, which is this really quiet, sort of weird-ass instrument I don't know much about. Scotty, do you know why he used the clavichord over, and I found this bit, um, apparently George Martin's harpsichord was uh, Baroque. 
<laughs> well, this was George Martin's clavichord. He he brought it from his home and had it. I think, from what I've read, he brought it from his home and had him and had him bring it in to have be part of this song in particular, I believe. Um, and then Paul added a little bass and and they added a little tambourine and such. But uh, it's pretty much a Paul song. I mean, Ringo's there doing some real subtle stuff, just kind of supportive buddy. You know why we love Ringo so much. He's a great drummer. He's a great supportive friend and, and musician to be around, and, and you can feel comfortable and do anything around him. Uh, Paul, uh, from when I read, wrote this song while he was skiing in Switzerland with his lady friend, um, and he said that he had learned about skiing on the Help shoot, uh, shooting uh, for the movie Help, which I thought was kind of interesting. And... Um, there's some great quotes about him and, and and things that John say about this song that we'll we'll have to get to in a bit. There's uh you know sort of I'm gonna say little nerd musiciany. There's a cool key change from the verse to the chorus that you wouldn't notice, um, but it, it adds so much to the song and just changes things, the vibe and the and the feel of it so much, and then comes right back. There's a beautiful French horn part played by a fella named uh, Alan Civil. And this guy apparently was an incredible French horn player. Um, They had him come in and do it. He banged it out. They had him do it a few times, but he was just getting better at it every time. And it was out of the French horn's range. And, you know, afterwards, people asked him, you know, about the session and everything. And he was just like, I don't know, whatever, you know. But it, but honestly, he didn't realize what it meant, you know, to the song and to a to a band like the Beatles to have such an accomplished musician on there. And I don't think that many people could could pull it off quite like him now. Even, um, again, this this song is 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 awesome. It this album is incredible. It comes between "And Your Bird Can Sing," then it goes to "For No One," and then "Doctor Robert." So it's sandwiched by these John songs that I freaking love. And it fits in perfectly. It fits like a glove. But I were, I really want to hear what Samantha has to say <laughs> about the song when you're done checking your uh, iWatch. <laughs> well, yeah, why'd you pick this one, Sam? I went with this song because this song to me... So what I think is so special about the Beatles and going back to my days as a young girl reading these lyrics in this book is that the Beatles make falling out of love as beautiful as falling in love which I oh, think man. is is right. Like, that's a really heavy thing. And, like, that's yeah. not, it's not a common occurrence. And so this song, to me, is so achingly beautiful because we've all been there. We've all had this love that you love so much, and it just doesn't come right back to you. And so not only is it musically beautiful with the horn, um, but it just, it makes your the hair stand up on your arms. It's just beautiful. I, that's really I an awesome a, sentiment, I think, because I think the sentiment starting on uh, a little bit on Rubber Soul, but realized in Revolver is the Beatles have started to have real adult relationships and have had hard it's not just... Uh, oh, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. You All said right. it. Boys. You said it. Lady. <laughs> what is that? What are you drinking? Oh, that's your tall... Drink up. We did it. Oh boy, uh, that was oh, unintentional. But 
Um, Whew, adult. Yeah. Yeah. Sam's yeah. note right there. I want to. I want to piggyback on before we listen to this track, but that's exactly it. And I think it's coming out of Revolver in that Ooh. they've now had the other side of um, <clears throat> friendships with women and things <laughs> like that, where it's not just fandom and, and teens and all of that. Where like now they're sort of like have had real affection for people and like what does it ultimately what does it ultimately mean? Um, yeah, and and, this song is, is absolutely do, a narrative of that. I, I want to talk more about that. I think that is a really um, central piece to maybe where this conversation is going to go. But oh. before we get there, I think maybe we should all listen to the tune. Ooh. What do you guys think? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, I need a refresher. All right. Um, so with with that said, I, I'm going to ask Scotty to throw the tune on for us, but I'm going to advise our listeners, maybe you... Uh, go out and you drop the needle or you you throw it up on whatever streaming service you have hit pause on the podcast listen to for no one and we will see you back here in a few minutes my life when she no longer needs you she wakes up she makes up she takes her time and doesn't feel she has to hurry she no longer needs you and in her eyes you see nothing if you guys don't mind i i'll, I'll start here and i i want to it's First been a while all, since uh, we, i i do mind you do mind <laughs> <laughs> but go ahead well, it's been a while since we came back to revolver and one of the things i've realized is like why is there so little talk of revolver in the the recording process of it in what the Beatles were going through like you listen to their interviews and it, it's almost like they, they all pretty much say it's like oh Rubber Soul was part one and Revolver was part two and that's it like and they, they definitely speak more in interviews about Rubber Soul but there's this and is this why Revolver is so interesting to us as people who are like trying to mine into like what the Beatles were and are and what they still mean to us because there's fewer words about it, does that make it more interesting to us a little bit? I don't know. I think so, because um, I think Paul and, and everyone sort of speaking about this sort of want to jump to the genius of Sgt. Peppers. Yeah. You know, and so I think they gloss over this just a little bit from, from the time period standpoint. But, um, I mean, I'll, I'll take the second to say that this song is underrated it's amazingly yes. underrated in the beatles catalog and i think anyone who's a fan of the beatles and listens to this podcast would be like oh it's not underrated i know this song and I, I i love this song but i think in sort of popular culture this song is is way underrated although so, all things said like what is what is a hit off of revolver that that most people would gravitate towards i i, I don't know you know i mean Alan rigby is probably it right like that's that's the famous beatles song off of revolver and there, this thing, Yellow I mean, this, Submarine. This song is a well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but this song is a, a hair away from Eleanor Rigby. All things set, like and way if better. they were like, we're gonna put a production behind for no one or Eleanor Rigby, like it's it's super close right here. I I, I think, like this song know. better than Eleanor Rigby personally. Do you think this gets into where people's people's um? Disgust is a strong word, but people's kind of distaste for Paul gets in the way of saying that this is such a great song. There's something about this song that gets hidden, and I don't know why. Like, yeah. 
I just think that the the problem is is that people have such a respect and such like regard for John Lennon that all his songs, like the sun and the moon, can set on his songs because they have such authenticity as an artist because he's so tormented and so heartbroken and so needy that people put so much more grandeur on his songs than they do on Paul songs. Paul songs are gitchy and easy and expected to be beautiful. So yeah. I'm just saying like a song like this is like super beautiful and it doesn't get the respect it should because and it's it feels authentic to, him. to come back to your point, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's like a real song with real feelings. You feel it. He felt it. I like that you said, um, and I never thought of it quite this way, expected to be beautiful. Like, it's almost like, yeah, it's always good. Like, exactly. Yeah. He's you, that you know, guy. It's, it's, off that he's written an, an amazing song. Yeah. That, yeah. yeah. He's that guy. I mean, I, I mean this only facetiously and I, and I want to say it with all respect, but like John, to his credit has the fact that he doesn't exist after 1980 and that hurts yeah. Paul a ton in, in my book, you know, where like, Paul has had to represent the Beatles and carry that mantle. And so that, that sort of bleeds into, into mm. everything. And when I look back at, at any Paul tune, you're always like, Oh, that's, that's Paul. Or there's just something in my mind a little bit and all the, and I really want to set this straight, but he, he is absolutely amazing. We're basically like, Oh, you know, I think Tommy said it where it's like, Oh, he's only like the second or third best songwriter in the world. And that's absolutely <laughs> where we hold him in sort of yeah. that context. Right. But uh, on, the, on the song, th this is uh, to, <laughs> to come out of Revolver and into For No One. My first thought... Tommy, do you know why um, Paul doesn't play harpsichord on this song? Because it was Baroque <laughs> at the time. <laughs> I actually, I had this highlighted in my cursory research that I do just to like maybe... Uh, make myself feel comfortable before we come into an episode. Do you know that the Wikipedia Becker uh, calls this a Baroque pop song? <laughs> I'm they sure call... it does. Anything yeah. that has this tone for me, I call Baroque. So, well, you know I don't what know I what say. It, uh, if it ain't Baroque, oh, fix it. Wait, who's, I thought that was Becker's line. How long did we wait for that? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you guys know what the difference between clavichord and harpsichord is? Because oh. I had to look it up, but uh, I think a, a clavichord is... Yeah struck and a harpsichord is plucked and one of them's way smaller than the other and way quieter which one which one the clavichord is quieter and smaller <laughs> it's way smaller and quieter they have you know it's like like how small it's like a, than a bread box <laughs> what about a ninja Could I, yeah, why, I, is George, why is george yeah. martin bragging about having to move this thing from his yeah. house if it's so small could i could i smuggle it under a shirt a harpsichord no, no, or a no. clavichord no, a what am I, is what like am I, what's under my shirt right now, Scott? <laughs> Solid rock. A Quincy. Yeah. There it is. Quincy. Quincy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to no, say I... something really bold, and I just want to set this off a little bit. Oh. I, was I not bold enough? I'm going to say something really bolder. Um, is the French horn here is not needed. It's like what? a non sequitur. Not it's a chance. silly. It's, um, I don't even it, know it you. echoes what will happen later with the Beatles where they start doing horns really well and sort of have like the, uh, Dane Life, Sergeant Pepper is like a, uh, Penny Lane sort of like a orchestration of stuff, but it's, it is very pasted on here and <gasps> I'm, 
I'm almost embarrassed for these guys that this what? wasn't like George Harrison ripping uh, a tasteful solo. You are wrong. Yes. <laughs> yes, you this are is a wrong. Great horn part. Do you What are you talking about? This is beautiful. It doesn't do like work kittens? quite yet. What's it's wrong just like, with you? And yes. ladies and gentlemen, the greatest French horn player in the world comes in, you know, like and kills it. It's beautiful. With an emotional piece. That's not interesting to me, like you killing uh, a French horn part that George and Paul wrote for you. Like, yeah, but I, hold on. I mean, you're, you're, where's, where's you're George? Listens. Where's John? Like, let's talk about the real shit. We're here to talk about the Beatles. Like, this is a song with just Paul and Ringo on it. Like, is it even oh, the Beatles? What? Hold on. Hold on. No way. First of all, for someone that likes Springsteen so much with fucking <laughs> saxophone solos and shit, like, you can suck that off all night, please. The fact that they brought in a French horn guy rather than just like the traditional oh token so saxophone guy, like they thought about it and like was, was was made something new and different from it. And second of all, <laughs> I don't remember. You guys did it. <laughs> Sam, what do you think about Becker's take on this I French think horn? He is like, so wrong that it's ridiculous. It's like part of the beauty. It's like it fits with the words. Like you wouldn't even need him to speak. It's just like the. Do, 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 do. It's like him speaking. Yeah. It's like but um, it's part of the song. Imagine if they had let George Harrison let loose in this part. Like who cares? He's got other all, songs they can all play on. Take a step back and think of like why isn't it the Beatles here? And, and I think this starts to echo everything that that happens afterwards. And I, I am I'm throwing a little bit of a grenade to get everyone's you know oh sure uh, juices going and it's working. Knickers but, in a twist. Um. I just wonder that this sentiment of what's happening in this tune is is very clear to me of when Paul and George Martin start becoming a unit. And George Martin is clearly like, oh, Paul's the horse to, to bet on here. We could talk about the French <laughs> horn for the next two hours. I, I know you would like to. I get that. I get that. I would like to maybe veer more into the actual like <laughs> uh, meaning and tone and, and lyrics and, and yeah, let's talk about, let's talk about the lyrics. So uh, here's an interesting like just me thing is if someone probably before these two weeks was like oh for no one great song I'd be like yeah which which Beatles tune is that mm-hmm. like it would take Whoa. me a minute to pin down which song that is now if you put on the song itself and paul comes on says those first lyrics i'm like oh i love this tune and there's a weird disassociation for me between the title and the music does anyone else feel that i I do because i was just thinking like cried for no one yeah and i'm trying to think yeah i'm like what the well it's it's weird that it like comes like three quarters of the way through yeah. the chorus. It's not the beginning of the chorus where you're like, oh, this is the title of the song yeah. or the end of the chorus where you're like, this is the title. It's like sandwiched in there. Strangely. Yeah. If he called so it, like, if he called it and in her eyes, then no, we would, he, yeah. had, <laughs> he had a different title for it. Didn't he? Like, Oh, he did. You're right. Yeah. Um, Die, die. Why did it die? die yeah, exactly. Yeah. With the yeah. original title. That's what That's I thought such was a so funny. Teenager name though. When yeah. he was, he said, like, um, the problem I have with relationships is I tell too much truth. 
I was like, oh dear God, that is the worst thing I've I missed it. You said relationship, it took me too long. I did, I'm sorry. Sam said it? I'm sorry, God bless you. When quoting Paul McCartney, she said, relationship. It took me a couple minutes, I'm a little behind. Whatever. Join the club. Oh, George Clooney, you tequila bastard. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Oh, uh, I got a port. That's, that's three. I'm not looking forward to this one. This is the one I don't want. Like. I like two. I'm in my podcast zone. Uh, I think a little bit of what we haven't touched on yet is the lyrics here, which I, I actually think are yeah. really amazing and, and super clever. Um, and sort of Paul, I think, brings us to this relationship where he sort of... What the fuck? Oh. <laughs> Why did I say that? <laughs> That's four? Assistant That's executive four? producer <laughs> Sammy C uh, squealing on us. I think we could have got Damn by it. if she, uh, you know, wasn't such a teacher's oh. pet. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Narc. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, this is a dangerous word. But lyrically, I think Paul is pretty b- brilliant on this tune, and we accuse yeah. Paul of a lot of things, or I accuse Paul of a lot of things. Um, but here is he maybe just very honest, you know, where Eleanor Rigby is very removed on this record, and he's writing this sort of like observing uh, a lonely death or something like this, and is is Paul expressing for the first time here that He's lonely. He's sort of uh, vulnerable or something like that. And I love the progression of these choruses that he sort of almost like comes to terms to it with it a little bit at the end. You know, like this woman is a, maybe a little bit over Paul, but uh, maybe he's getting over it near the end. Um, I don't know. Where are you guys at with these? This feels authentic. This yep. feels real. This feels like a real emotion. And anything like if I'm going to blame Paul for anything like on a, a, a tune like your mother should know it, it's that it it doesn't feel like there's an authentic emotion there yep. for me oh wait 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 i have a joke yeah about paul and his situation what do you call wait a minute oh shit hold on what's paul and a oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> Keep what going. do you get it's my favorite part of the episode already <laughs> <laughs> what do you call Paul and a band with a dog. Paul McCartney and a band with a dog. Mm-hmm. The Beagles. Wings. I don't know. I guess Linda McCartney was ugly. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think the Beagles might have been better. <laughs> I don't know. That was a joke I read in a book once. Uh, and I, I used to tell it to older people and they thought it was funny. I don't know. Anyways, I'm sorry. Back to you, Scott. <laughs> and so in sports, you know, uh, the Celtics are starting soon. Uh, preseason. Um, there, there's something about this chorus that I, I brought this up a minute ago. And uh, where f- uh, for no one comes in the chorus is interesting to me in that it almost feels like if that weren't the title of the song, that would be a throwaway line. Right. Yeah. And, oh yeah. Um 
You're saying when he says cried for no one? Yeah. Cried for no one. It all, it doesn't seem important until that becomes the title of the song, right? Yeah. And so I love how the chorus is like... It's better than Why'd You Die? <laughs> yeah, Why'd It Die? Slightly warmer. Which, the yeah. original title of the song, Why'd It Die, right? And so there's this like third line of the chorus that's a continuation of the second um and, and so the, the second line is no sign of love behind the tears and then he says cried for no one and if you didn't know the lyrics if you weren't inspecting them those like in the song feel like really disparate like uh separate ideas yeah, but yeah. it's one leading into the next and i forget what song it was that we were talking about paul where he, he did this before where it's like the the one line leads into the next kind of thing that i that love stuff like that he's yeah. what's that i love stuff like that yeah yeah it's it's fascinating like he's playing with words he's playing with time at, at the same moment that he's playing with words to like tie this idea together that only makes sense if you spend the spend the time with and, it and that's the thing like as a as a musician and a lyricist singer or whatever um that's where i think this this has its impact where it's it's not just lyrics it's it's musicianship through lyrics yeah um and see like all of this stuff is just like you guys are all like having valid points but they're all just like words because i don't know if you've <laughs> all been in relationships where someone has not reciprocated your emotions yeah. But like that's where it fucking comes from. So if you're if you're up in the Alps and you're this super successful handsome guy and you like really dig this woman and she's just like mm, yeah. no thanks. Yeah, but let but, me put that out there. Then like that's where it comes from. It's not like predispositioned like jargon. It's like but, these are my feelings. But Samantha, you don't understand the woman he's with in the Alps is not the woman he's singing about. But you don't know that. Or even if still, maybe it's like a few times he's been way right. too much Paul for a woman to handle. Because I can imagine he's a little you can't bit too much. All Paul, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> he's. I can remember distinctly in like I don't know what sophomore sophomore years when like Free as a Bird, like that whole documentary thing came out, and he's on like a fucking boat in the middle of like I don't know a pond yeah. with like his cable knit sweater <laughs> over his shoulders. He's got a nice nice sweater on. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, this guy is too much. But then like a part yeah. of you is like, this guy is too much because. He's too fucking good. He's too like handsome. He's too wealthy. He's too talented. He's too charitable. He's too like everything. And like most people can't pick that up. You can put that down, yeah. but I'm not picking that up. Well, it was on a recent episode. Someone uh, I think said to us like when they heard a story that when Paul McCartney meets someone, he says like, oh, hi, I'm Paul. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Yeah, of course you are. Yeah, well, I, I know I'm exactly who you Sir are. But like, Sir Paul. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's still trying to be. We know he is not the everyman, right? right. But like, but what was he this? still wants to be that person. But guess person. what? You like, can still be that person that. and I not be you enough. Could meet Paul right now, and he would be probably amazing. You're like I. I have no doubt that you could bump into Paul and he would be amazingly gracious. And he would you'd be, be happy like, maybe I'm amazed to meet you <laughs> at the stop and shop. But here's the funny thing. Like as a woman meeting a man like that, maybe like I'm you, you can be bananas. 
You can be everything. <laughs> you can be everything and still not enough. You yeah. can be perfect, yes, but that, not that, enough. That, that is the perfect point. Imagine yes. Paul at the height of his power, and uh, he's he's with Jane Asher. I think have we said that? Yeah, yet? but yeah, she's yeah. Um, not he's with Jane Asher, right. and it's maybe a little bit on the rocks, or he's she's keeping him a little bit at at arm's length. They're not married. Uh, uh, um, and he's insecure. Like, can you yeah. imagine? He's had all of. Uh, he's had a couple of years of just women and teens at his fingertips and now he's like up in the alps writing this song that like he ducked into a bathroom to like pen yes, down lyrics exactly and now he's he's nervous because he hasn't met a woman that puts him on that level he's met women at sh- a distance or yes. he's met women as a beetle or something like that This should have lasted years yeah how can you be a beetle and be a person like you know well, what I mean? Like trying you, to talk oh, to a point, girl, no you way. can't. Because well, the, at the at this point, they're they are basically done with being on the road, right? They do one more tour after this. They don't play any of yeah. these songs on tour, but they are they are done. It, this is like the dividing line of a different world for the Beatles. I guess what um, I want to say about the lyrics is this has nothing to do with being some famous person at all. No. This song has to do with being a regular person. Yes. Yep. And that's why I don't understand the conversation right now, but No, because um, <laughs> No, but listen, like even if you're but Paul's not if, a regular person, right? Exactly. No, but, just, but when you're I'm, I'm sorry, to, when you're alone in a room, you're still a regular person. I don't No, I'm just saying But you balls. can't write these words about somebody you just <laughs> Sorry, I can't help it. It's just all that's there. <laughs> it's hot up here. It's I get fucking it. Tommy in his round microphone. It's like sweaty balls all over. <laughs> Are you saying that Tommy has sweaty balls all over his face? For sure. <laughs> Hold on. I, I mean, I just want to say something about the lyrics here again. Um, they're not super complicated. Nope, I, th- no. I feel like we're complicating them a bit. And we're talking about Paul being famous and and all this shit. But <laughs> to me, the lyrics are, are much more about a regular life relationship. Something that lasted... Whoa! Oh, fuck. You hit it. Truth be told, this is super exciting. <laughs> Indeed. Thank you. Truth be told, this is the most excitement I've had in like super long. <laughs> I'm like looking forward Can to you guys saying relationship. Episode, yeah, please. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And I'm totally, I'm Scotty, totally out of pretzels. It, it is a rarity for Sky to hit his own magic. He hit guitar on uh, episode whatever yeah, I guitar did. was right. Day Tripper, but. Cheers. Cheers to the world. I mean, it's disgusting. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I don't like this one. Yeah. All right. That's bad. We're on I don't four. like this one. Listen, four this is what I wanted to say, though. Not what All I expected. Right. This is what um, I wanted to say. I'm with you that um, I want to the say lyrics thing. are on their own very, uh, I don't mean so reductive to say that they're pedestrian, but it's pedestrian. It's a sentiment that we have all all had, but... Paul has not necessarily given us that honesty yet, I think, in sort of the the Beatles discography or his songwriting. Yet. Yeah. Like, Paul is, for the first time, 
on this there's, record talking about just not a regular love song like especially when you kick it off with something like Eleanor Rigby or, or something like that where he's he set the pace here to be like this isn't just uh, you know love me do it isn't you know there's a bitterness to this when you yeah, say yeah. when you say um no sign of love behind the tears you cried yeah. for no one like cried for no one like that means like you're being like a wicked emo you know first of all <laughs> like but paul, like, no one had treated paul like that like imagine being a beetle and then suddenly like a woman is like later yeah. all right i'm not super interested in you just being a beetle like it's not enough it for me to be with matter. you and you be a beetle it doesn't matter uh, lights go out you're with someone guess what yeah. it doesn't matter it's got to be a big eight inch or at least yeah <laughs> <laughs> for, sure. for sure damn I'm suddenly feeling Dude, super shy in front of Scott. Do I only like? I love this song, and it makes me, me too. A- ask the question: Do I only like sad Paul? Whoa! Like optimistic Paul is the Paul we all think is out there, like the the, the happy go lucky Paul. Like, is this a sign of me? Like, I, I only like his sad tunes. Ooh, yeah, ooh, ooh! So this is what drew me to the song a little bit. Is that all three of you are very like anti-establishment, very like punk-ish. So you're very like fuck the man kind of guys. Yeah. Like inside. Too, what you're saying is we are punk. Right. Not punk-ish. They call them <laughs> so punk. Deep, deep down, that's how you feel. So that's why you're the very antithesis of Paul. Because yeah. he is yeah. very like, let me sing a song about a raccoon. And you guys are like, no, I'd rather you not, because that kind of sucks. So I feel like that's, you know, that's like where the where the pavement hits the road kind of stuff, like with Paul. You're just like, no, this this is bullshit. I don't trust you. Your French horn is too upbeat. You know, like that that sort of thing. I think that's where like a lot of people have trouble with Paul is because of that. Scotty, could you cut Sam's mic off before she cuts too much to more to my core? I don't know if my it's true my, uh, though. It's so true. Like John but, uh, Lennon is so there easy. Is, to there's hang absolutely your hat something on. to that for sure. There, don't you uh, think so? Yes. Yeah. It is not punk rock to be into Paul. I mean, let's no. all be very honest. Uh, you He's know, like, like we're about to do a podcast, hopefully uh, about uh, a pretty punk rock band or a, a super punk rock ethos, and. Uh, that's not Paul's vibe. No. You know? um, yeah. Do you think Paul's heard Fugazi? <laughs> yes, I would think so. I would believe that he Ian owns has met Fugazi. Paul. Fugazi. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't wow. know. We'll, we'll talk about Christmas it on that cards. show. But yeah. uh, I would and like they to had think a margarita. <laughs> the day <laughs> breaks. Fugazi. No, soy cheese. <laughs> um, yeah. But all things said, uh, give it grief. Give it French horn. Give it whatever you want. I. I think this is a fantastic song. I think yeah. it's I think it's better than Eleanor Rigby. I think For it's sure. interesting that these tunes are on the same record because I think they hit something a little similar, but just have different orchestration to sort of uh, drive them home, right? This song is very singular, and then we get to the French horn, love it or leave it. <laughs> um, it exists. Uh, Everyone but- else loves it. <laughs> yeah. Becker leaves it. You, could, it. you know, I think we're pretty divided as a podcast right down the middle uh, tonight about who likes French horn and who doesn't like French horn. Um, but Eleanor Rigby has all of the orchestration where if you thought that you could heap all of that orchestration on this song and what would it feel like? And I, uh, I think um, Do you guys this like is the Eleanor first time Rigby? that we get to hear Paul 
I like very that. honest. And it, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, Scott, Scott is not in this camp where like, I think this is the f- one of the first times you're hearing Paul be Paul and be a little bit insecure. You know, Jane Asher is, is an actress and she's, she's attractive and she's successful on her own. Right. And maybe Paul has not seen that before. Like he's got to coast a little bit on being like, Hey ladies, you're in a motel six with a beetle, you know, like, (laughs) (laughs) is this a song where the woman has the power though, where it's like, yes, I'm not gonna just wait around for this dude. That's this pretty handsome, absolutely famous guy. And I'm going to like get out and live my life and be around the things I want to be around instead of just submitting or whatever. Yes. That yep. is, the, I'm sorry to not bring that up sooner, but like, it is the first like song where it makes a woman feel like she's in control. Like a woman can be like, I'm done with you. We're done. Yep. A man feels like, Meh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But like, that's a real thing. Like a woman is like, I'm done. And she was done. Like she put her fucking makeup on. She's like, you whiny bitch. Yeah. You can stay in bed. I'm going she to work. Up. Like, I'm going. Like, you can wrap this up. I told you, I'm done. Yeah. And that is totally how a woman is. Like My experience with women (laughs) is that um, when they are done, they are done. They're done. Because it takes so much work to (laughs) get to to that point. (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) He ruined it for all of us. I'm so glad you guys got here. This was exactly like the next point I forgot about this too, yes. that I wanted to discuss. I don't write down this notes. Feel, I just this feel feels it up. like a, a, a statement on <clears throat> men and women in, in a way, right? Like it, it but I it, think this is like, I think Paul is surprised by this. I think that Paul has not oh, had yeah. this before where yes. he's just like, definitely. But wait, wait a minute. minute. He you said, don't want all this, Paul. He said that but this happens because he tells the, the truth. world is when you come out with an emotion that you are surprised by yeah. in what you write yourself. Yeah. You know, th- this thing that you're like, I didn't know this is how I felt, or I didn't know this was a truth that I believed in. Yeah. Like, I don't think Paul recognized this before he wrote the song. And that's like part of the beauty of the song yes. is that like, it's him coming to a realization about whether it was a relationship he had or not, whether it was Jane Asher or he, he talked about um, like the, the girl he had first moved in with and Mo. what that meant oh, to yeah, him. Yeah. Like whichever one it was or wasn't doesn't matter. He came to a realization in the song. And I think that's what we all kind of pick up on. That's why he needed a French horn. <laughs> right, you're saying because he Paul French was super kissed her, ho- super horny. <laughs> he was yeah, like, baby. How do I get he this said, across? George, I George, you went with horn. I went with yeah. French. That's interesting. <laughs> George Martin, what is the horniest <laughs> instrument? <laughs> instrument, instrument. That was George great. Martin's like, I know this guy who plays a three. Uh, right. Three valve brass. brass you know, like, uh, <laughs> I would say trombone is the horniest instrument, but I don't know. You guys tell me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, um, though, I 400% <laughs> agree with with that. Like, it's it's totally told from a, a woman's perspective. Like, yeah, for yeah, sure. And yeah. it's a lamenting. It, it's an experience that Paul has just never had, that he doesn't know where to yeah. place it. It's like he's, he's insecure. Someone yes. has, like, put him off his game a little bit. Which is bit, totally you know? beautiful, this right? This isn't. I love it. This woman yeah. is not like, screaming I'm outside your hotel beetle, room. Like, she's not screaming because you're putting on a guitar. Yes. Like, she's a real person. And, um, Becker, 
this means like I don't need three other Beatles to help me tell this story. Like this is yeah. my fucking story. Whoa! Let me bring oh, this in and be like, it. yeah, that is this very interesting, right? This woman just fucking shunned me, even though I'm super cool, awesome, cable knit sweater, Paul McCartney. Like, <laughs> so I'm only br- I'm only bringing Ringo into it. Come- <laughs> I can't I can't even fucking, face George right now. Yeah, wait a minute. I have a theory about <laughs> Ringo is IKEA. <laughs> Right, like follow me, Ringo. What, uh, so, is, what is George as a as a? Uh, I don't know. Uh, he's not like Bed Bath there. and Beyond. I don't know what he is. <laughs> he's like Home Goods. He's Bernie and Phil's. He's, uh, <laughs> super. Again, let's keep with the quality, comfort, and price. Uh, George is giving you quality, comfort, and price. That's right. That's nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just. I mean, I think we're getting there, but. I don't want to give Paul grief for anything about what's going on in Revolver, you know, because sure no. you he, no. but I he's writing sure, no. very disparate material from from everyone else, right? We said here, there, and everywhere. Good day, sunshine. Eleanor Rigby got to get you to my life for no one tonight. What and other songs are on the album? He just on named his, all of them. I know, <laughs> right? Like which ones? <sighs> on the but album, Doctor Robert. I'm only sleeping. Oh, I'm only think, sleeping. Uh, I like that one. Think for you. No. Um, it starts with Taxman. This record tax starts with Taxman. Yeah. Who wrote that? Such Who wrote that? George That's a George. That's George. shit. I hate Taxman. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I do. Taxman. Oh Tommy, do you sing that at your wow. karaoke for your birthday? Wait, what? Do you sing that at your birthday? Like Taxman? That's like Bulldog. Hey, Bulldog. I sing that at every one of my birthdays. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Garbage. Garbage. Tommy makes a lot of money. We can't reveal what his occupation is, and he hates the taxman. You know, like, I get it. I get it, man. You know, like, um, but I think if if I could wrap up on Revolver and maybe on this episode, but this record <laughs> should time not for that. work. I'm sorry. This record should not work. And for some reason, it does like this combination of George and John and Paul and everyone is bringing these tunes. And and I think Paul is bringing something that's like maybe a little bit more traditional. Maybe it's not fully in the spirit of Revolver. Maybe he just hasn't done Acid yet. But this record shouldn't work when you like read it as track listing. But it does. Like I love Revolver, and 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 yeah. on uh, a certain day of this podcast, I would proclaim this as the best Beatles record. Yeah. But this absolutely gives birth to the brilliance of Sgt. Pepper's. All of this for no one. Everything is part of this, um, and what happens next. And for that, I celebrate this tune absolutely. Like this well, song contributes to Day in the Life, which I don't want to reveal much, but it's probably in our top. 100 Beatles songs? No, but you know, one of the, the, the best things I think about this song, like, there's so much beauty in this song, and I feel like it's hard in the time we have. It, it almost feels like we're just cracking the shell of what he's trying to say. And I don't know that we can ever get into what Paul is really trying to say and what it means to us. There's I think we can the... only express it in our singing. <laughs> we'll get there in karaoke. Yeah. But the way the last note hits on mm. this song yeah. makes it almost feel unfinished. The, the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I hear you. There is something that is incomplete in the end of it that is beautiful. And you, it, like 
whatever he's discussing, I'm not going to use the word that we've used too much tonight uh, <laughs> about his connection with this woman or the, the fictional yep. thing. Like the fact that it ends with almost like a to be continued and it, and, and totally. on that note, it, it nearly has no, it doesn't have any introduction. It goes mm-hmm. right into the song. Like there is no sort of pomp uh, or circumstance at the beginning of this tune. Not even with a French horn. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm shocked. I'm, I'm surprised that they're just like, yeah, let's intro this with the French horn. Well, that's horn. part but of like, what makes it cool though. Yeah. Yeah. It just starts, which, you know, if you know me, <laughs> I like a tune that gets right down to business, you know. Oh, we lost Tommy. The, the, oh, no, the we best, didn't. No, I'm here. The best <laughs> thing I can say... You're just in the thinker pose. The best thing I can say about this song is that it is... It feels like an emotionally authentic Paul. Yep. And if my biggest criticism of Paul is like, I, I don't know that this emotion feels real on an obadi obada or something along those lines, or your mother should know, like, this feels like him getting to the core of something true yeah that, that happened to him yeah can i can i ask a question <clears throat> yeah yep okay so when paul sings these silly songs that are like all upbeat positive sorts of songs right when not, not this one yeah but Go not ahead. this one but like but do you do you discount them because they're upbeat that that's a question I struggle with personally. Like I, I sometimes I shouldn't I only like sad Paul. Like I, I should like that. There are, I think there are some happy Paul songs that like, I love get back. I think get back is a fantastic rock and roll song. Mm-hmm. Um, I like back in the USSR. Like those are great songs. It's where, where I feel like, he tips into like the Hallmark channel that I have yeah. trouble with him where he relies a little bit on the schmaltz of things. Um, I take more and he really loves like a polished song. Like he doesn't want a raw tune. And I think that I am harder on him because of that. I feel like George or John are at the end of the Beatles getting towards more of like what the core of songwriting is. And I do feel like, Paul and George Martin are a little bit more paired up of like how extravagant can we be? All right. I Mm. I just want to say one thing. I mean, interesting. First of all, don't (laughs) pair in Martin with Paul because Paul brings things up that Martin can make better, but he's not like driving him in a certain direction. But I, I mean, you don't think that George Martin is like, you think that Paul really came to the studio and was like, I hear a French horn. Yeah. Come on he was now. saying like, he was saying like, I want to, I want a sound. And I remember you bringing in these instruments before and, or I've heard of this instrument. So, you know, things about this. You're my like father figure in the studio. Like yeah. what is the instrument that's going to hit this range? the way I want it to and impact the song the way I want it to. And so I don't think that they could have, if, if George Martin picked the French horn, I don't think they could have picked a better instrument for this particular part. But what I'm I saying like, is, I feel like we're drifting apart like the Beatles on this record. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what I'm trying to say is, and I have no fucking clue what I'm trying to say anymore, <laughs> but, but what I want to trying to say means so much to me. 
Oh, oh, oh you cried for no one? <laughs> <laughs> Scotty cried for no one. Yeah. should have lasted Sam, why years. Why you do face yeah. when you said that? <laughs> you cried for no one? I think we need to come to a consensus at this point. Like the we need to figure this the shit out. Devil. You think we need to maybe talk about our list? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we need to talk about that shit. <laughs> Becker's the right, devil. Let, let's just You know right, that. Guys, let, let's talk about our list. Our list of the greatest Beatles songs ever from start to finish and how they rank. And as a podcast, we come together to talk and discuss and rank a single Beatles song, which is kind right. of what we're doing tonight. Oh. And this. Sam, you're the guest. Yes. You want me to? Uh, I, I'm going to run down some highlights right now. So but do you want me to go top to bottom or bottom to top? Mm, top to bottom. Top to That's bottom. That's not the way Here I dress. Go. Number mm. one right now, we have "Happiness Is a Warm Gun" from the White Album. That's the bottom. That's the top. Oh, that's the top. Okay. Top. <laughs> you, said top. <laughs> you said top to bottom. Right, right, right. Number right. five right Testing now, we you. have "Day Tripper," which was a single. Um, that came number in. ten. We have "Good Day Sunshine" from this very record we've been discussing tonight, "Revolver." And number fifteen, we have "Don't Bother Me," that first George Harrison composition. Uh, those are some highlights. Coming in last, but not least, we have "A Taste, Taste of, of Honey." honey. I wasn't even heard of that song. That's fine. From "Please Please Me." No. So, guys, here's what I'm going to say. Um, this is a little bit of a tough one for me. I'd like to throw out an opening bid here on For No One. And what I'm going to say is, I'm going to ask the question. Listen, guys, <laughs> I personally feel this is a better song than I've got a feeling. That's where I was drawing my line right now. I was going to put this between... Um... Uh, I was going to put this between Nowhere Man and I've Got a Feeling. Wait a minute. What's number three? <laughs> number three is Because from the from because Abbey Road. The world but wait, around. the question is, is this a better song than I've Got a Feeling? I feel like it is a better song than I've Got a Feeling. That's I've a good song. A I know. That's a good song. Feeling deep it is. I like, but oh, I like man. For No One Better. Or is it better than Nowhere Man? <sighs> no. I, tell me what song it's sandwiched between. Oh man! Well, if we were talking about "I've Got a Feeling," it, it's if we're looking lower than "I Got a Feeling," that's "Nowhere Man." Mm. And if we go above "I've Got a Feeling," it's fixing a hole. Oh, that's fucking so song. much better than fixing a hole. It's better than <laughs> yeah. fixing a hole. Yeah, come on! Well, yeah, you're throwing he everything off. He you're fixed a fucking hole, hole in the Swiss Alps before feeling. he was like, right, "Yeah, is it for than, no one." Is, yeah. it is it better than? Is it better than Day Tripper? Yeah, day tripper. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Instead oh of yeah, God. we get a fart sound. <laughs> this is going yeah, to the topper most of the popper most in Sam's mind. <laughs> Top of the pups. Yeah, Sam is sure. in your mind. Is it better listen, than Fool on a Hill? Listen, no, it's not. I don't uh, think so. Right, okay, I don't okay, think so. We got so. a range at least. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Fool yeah. On the no, hill and it's tripper. totally better than Day Tripper. Day Tripper's like I'm out and having a good wait, time. Wait, wait, wait. You say it was better than Fixing a Hole, though? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Fixing a Hole. Is it better than I've Got a Feeling? She said it's better than I kind of need to hear them, to be honest. I've got you know a feeling. Mean? A feeling, a feeling deep, deep inside. inside. Oh, yeah. yeah oh, wait a minute, but what does that lead to? That's like them up on the fucking roof. They're like having the time of their life. Oh, the right. rooftop? Or Nowhere Man? Everybody has a drink. Nowhere Man? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, 
What Wait, is Becker, it? You Come got on. a pitch here? Uh, we... Yeah, I'm going right between I've got a feeling and Nowhere Man. This song is it's better than Nowhere Man, but I, I love need to hear Nowhere it, Man. It, it, that Sam just put down about <laughs> them being on the roof and having a, <laughs> having a feeling and there's an authenticity going on with I've got a feeling that uh, Paul that's, that's is beautiful. almost like teasing beautiful. here. Yes. Right? We're saying that Paul is so authentic and for no one. And it's the first time we got to see him and he's having female uh, relations. But <laughs> I think he's not like that, a 75 uh, year old woman f- I have a book club with. She talks about <laughs> so relations. Scotty, yeah. We have right now, I am slotting this song between Fixing a Hole and Day Tripper. Becker is slotting the song between I've Got a Feeling and Nowhere Man. If you were to place this anywhere, where would you put it? I think it's better than I've Got a Feeling. And I I love fixing a hole. It's a personal thing. This is where this is where this gets in the in the in the way. Um I really love fixing a hole, but I think I have to agree that it's better than I've got a feeling, but not as good as fixing a hole. Whoa. Okay. So we're going to kind of split the difference right now. That That's what's happening. Like, All right. This is, I mean, the whole, Samantha, the whole you point think, of this podcast, you think and almost as our friendship, is, <laughs> is compromise. No one here is, uh, you know, an alpha dog. We're I mean, this is to, a, uh, the wrong choice, but you, I'm going to put it in on, on our... Samantha, you think this is better than f- because? I think it's way better than fixing a fucking hole. All right, <laughs> way better and way better than Day Tripper. <laughs> you agree, Becker. Even though you ate the French horn and it happened. <laughs> no, you I don't. Me. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Sam, here's what you need to know. You brought... Relationship, relationship, attention. relationship. You brought to our attention a Wait. top 10 Beatles song. <laughs> Did you just purposely invoke them? Damn. <laughs> That's fun. I, we Think should reinforce that more. Sam is taking an Uber home tonight. <laughs> She's not driving anywhere. All of our guests are supplied with Ubers. Blotto Beetle spares no expense to be sure that Sam is resting her head safely in bed before um, any ill could come of her. I'm so, out of whiskey. Um, you are? I got enough for you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, uh, I, I think we should split the difference and we should sing tonight. Let's sing a song. But before wait a minute, we sing wait a, a minute, song, wait a minute. Becker, uh, you better call the boys in blue. We we've rated a song, right? We we've put it in. Neither of us agree where this should be rated and where it stands. <laughs> and that's probably a sign of good compromise. Um, but I, I would love it if you would take us home on this episode. Oh, shit. Who? I'm doing this? Who's saying this? No, no, I'm no, Becker's, oh, Becker's going to take thank us Thank God he's doing it. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much. We really, if you got to this point in the podcast, we respect and appreciate you so, so much. Thanks again for listening. This was Blotto Beatles. Uh, I am Becker. That's your co host, Tommy, and Ooh. your executive producer, Scott. You know, it. oh, he's the George Martin of New England, yeah. right? And I guys want you to know that um, together, now. together, together we now. just have an amazing.
relationship that allows this podcast <laughs> to keep going. So uh, uh, this podcast is produced by Scotty C. As we have said, uh, this also had a little, little bit of additional music supervision. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little bit of additional music supervision and assistance from our friend and yours, RB. And that B stands for Beatles. Check him out at Ryan O. Brooks on all of the socials. He's the best. We I are do have a also. Question. You we, have we had a guest. We we had a guest with us tonight. <laughs> oh, that's yes, amazing. Sam, do you have anything Sam. you want to plug tonight? Are you going to be anywhere doing any appearances? Do you have um, a handle or any something? Other podcasts? No, I really don't. But just be kind to each other. That that's amazing. Sam, that's the best plug of all. Bill Sam, and Ted. If you were, were going to do your own podcast about another band or Party topic, on, um, what yeah. would it be? You know what? I think I would blog about some type of pilots i love those guys Whoa. they were great weren't the, they sour sour girl is uh, like close to beatles I level i freaking love the oh jumbo pilots they were I great re- re- reproach that uh, <laughs> they were great uh, but sam i would like you to come back and i'd like to just do a uh, a bonus episode of blotted beatles on stone of pilots uh, yes, right. I want I want that to happen for sure. What's let's that garden that song? Burn, burn, burn that garden to the ground. Uh, let's do it. You hate no? gardens, huh? No, I fucking love the Stone Temple Pilots. Please remember, this show is performed <laughs> by professionals. Enjoy Blotto Beatles responsibly, and don't forget to subscribe and rate us on your podcast app of choice. Peace and love. Peace Yay. and love. Peace and love.